This podcast is brought to you by Native Co. Gallery, an indigenous-owned business. They offer turquoise jewelry, beadwork, pottery, and Pendleton. You can also shop jewelry and Pendleton on their website at www.nativecogallery.com or in-store at 516 West 12th, Ada, Oklahoma. And let them know Russ from Okie Podcast sent you. This episode of Okie Podcast is brought to you by Southwest Trading Company. If you've not been to Southwest Trading Company, please go do that right now or after this podcast. But the location for Southwest Trading Company is 1306 East 11th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Southwest Trading Company has so many items from so many different artists like jewelry, art, blankets, cedar boxes, clothing, collectibles. You name it, they got it. So why not shop at Southwest Trading Company? Go like the Facebook page, follow the Facebook page. To keep up with all new events coming at the store and items. And once again, that location is 1306 East 11th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Go check them out and let them know Russ from Okie Podcast sent you. Welcome back to Okie Podcast, and on this episode, I have a very special guest. He is creator, artist, actor, Jason Sunday. All right, man. Thanks. He's on here. Finally. Awesome. Finally. It's been a while. <laughs> it's yeah, been... We, we've been talking a while, a couple of years about coming on the show. and Dude. Yeah. It's been, yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been. It been. Well, I remember the first time I met you was at B and B theater. Remember yeah, y'all had right. that y'all had that premiere your of nephew that movie. Was, My nephew, nephew was, was in it. it. That's right. Yeah. And what was that movie called? Lone Wolf Hill. Lone Wolf Hill. Yep. I was trying to think of it when before you got here and I was like, dude, I cannot remember that name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a great little short film that we did and I think I remember seeing you in a theater and I was like, I recognize that guy. Yeah. And then just when he told me your uh, nephew was in it. Which mm-hmm. is cool. Yeah, small world. Yeah, Koi. Koi was in it. Riker was in it. Riker, yeah. And Jack Jackson. Jack Jackson, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yes, the homie Jack. Yep. Miss that guy, buddy. Jesus. You got a sport racer going I, g- I guess. <laughs> Fast and Furious? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, that was a good premiere. And. I mean, that was pretty cool to see you on a big... That was the first time I ever saw you on mm. the big screen. And I thought it was a great... Uh, just how all that came to be. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the movie, the independent film. Right. And dang, when was that? Was that two years ago? Yeah, I think so. It would have been about two years ago. I can't believe yeah, it's been it's, that long. Yeah, it's been been two years. Because it's been... The director put that into the 
film festival circuit. So it's been setting in those going around. Really? It's won some awards out in California and Colorado, uh, Shining Mountains Film Festival. They did really well at that. But uh, yeah, it's been, I think, yeah, two years. It's, now it's been going, so. Yeah. When did y'all film that? Ooh, yeah, that was, I filmed my part. It would have been two years ago. What would it have been that in October? Shoot, that was so long ago. Yeah. But I know Riker and them, they actually filmed in the summer before my parts. So we come back in October and uh, film basically the bulk of the main dialogue and stuff of the film. So, mm-hmm. But they, oh, that was, man, two years ago. Yeah. Time flies. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that was pretty cool how we met the very first time. Because I know we've been friends on Facebook for a minute, but right. to actually meet in person was pretty dope. Yeah, at, that was cool. At man. your premiere. so And to see Koi in there and everybody else in there was pretty cool. Oh, uh, yeah. It yeah. was neat. Yeah. It was a good experience. It was, man. It was. And shout out to B&B for having, a, having that yeah. over there. Yeah. That was pretty so, cool. Yeah. Uh, the family that made that the story, uh, Jay Benham, he's a good friend of mine. He's a Kiowa artist over in Bentonville. Mm-hmm. Uh, his family, that's about his his family, you know, uh, Chief Lone Wolf and uh, the character I played, Red Otter. So there, that is a, based on a true story. <clears throat> and so that history of the Kiowa um, has really not been told, you know. So if anybody gets the chance to watch that, I believe the director said he'll be releasing it probably on YouTube here sometime. Once it's out of the film circuit, because mm-hmm. you have to keep it where premieres you can't share it publicly until you're done doing that or something i don't there's rules on that for submissions apparently oh really but he the last i talked to him about it he said he was going to release it on youtube or something or one of those streaming services or something hmm. but yeah but yeah it's a great film it's it's about the kiowa and and uh, i really enjoyed it i learned a lot about the kiowa and uh, how to learn some of their language which is a difficult language they had some uh Oh, you uh, language speakers that work with us to help us learn lines, and that was a big help <laughs> because they're they're that's a hard language. You know, they actually, if you know the history, they, I believe they actually traveled with it. Was it the Shawnee? Because they uh, their language is so hard to understand. The Shawnee would help them. I believe that was the Shawnee. I'm sure someone mm-hmm. will correct me if I'm wrong on that. But but I do know that it was they were hard. It was a hard language. You know, there's not very many people that really truly speak the language fluently anymore <clears throat> but um i was grateful for the help with that because there's no way i probably could have done, <laughs> done that on my own but yeah look we're looking forward to seeing that get released out you know people watch it but mm-hmm. it, was, it was a cool experience definitely i want to see it again yeah yeah i saw that one time i learned a lot i know i learned a lot during the movie it was a story i never even heard of and to watch it in real not real time I'll have to share the link with you. I've, yeah. I've got the private link. Oh, I dear. think it's on, v- Vin- what is it, Vimeo? Is that what it's called? I think Vimeo. Vimeo. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the short films yeah, are on there. Yeah, I'll share that with you. I think he said I could do that. So Dope. You have to watch it again. Yeah, pull it up. Pull it up on here. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's cool, man. And, uh, well, have you grown up here in Oklahoma? Oh, yeah. Yeah? I, yeah, I was born in Claremore and basically grew up, lived in Bartlesville my whole life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm an Oklahoma guy. Oklahoma guy. Yep. Jason Sunday, the Oklahoma yep. guy. Yeah, yeah. Most of my family, <laughs> they all come from the Sunday side of the family, come around from uh Uchi, Oklahoma. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's kinda of northeast Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Actually the original town of Uchi now is under a lake, Lake Uchi. Oh, the wow. old town, the old Uchi is. But the Sunday side, they all around there around like settled around Jay, Vanita, 
like my dad grew up in Venita and went to school there and worked in theaters and drive-ins and so yeah that's where I learned a lot about movies because he was a projectionist and oh, kind of cool. he watched so he watched a lot of films mm-hmm. so he, he would tell me like growing up watch this this is proper cinema you know <laughs> so I always had a gauge as far as like what's a good film and what's not but you know he'd still have me watch some films that were not great films but you had to appreciate what they had to work with at the time you know mm-hmm. which they're classics now I know some of the old sci-fi films where they have you know submarines and they got a shower curtain for a door and stuff like that opens and I don't know if you've ever seen any of those old films that mm-hmm. come out like that no. he would talk about that <clears throat> uh, there was one director that I forget his name, but there's kind of a cult following with his old films that were like that because he would just use what, you know, he had. So, like, it would be something like that where they'd have a submarine and then, like, you'd see a guy come in a room and the, the door would open, but it would be a shower curtain. And, you know, instead of having, they were going to jump out of the submarine to dive and wouldn't have, like, a diving suit. It would be, like, a fishbowl over his head or something. It was just <laughs> stuff like that, but it was funny, you know? I mean, it had a place. It's actually a cult thing now. I think people like it for the aspect of that mm-hmm. which indie films you know and that's kind of the neat thing about that is like uh, you create and just kind of use what you have and you know i kind of like that honestly yeah it keeps real you know mm-hmm. not everybody has big marvel budgets to make stuff for real <laughs> <laughs> although i would love to do, have that but i mean <laughs> you got to appreciate that stuff though. yeah you got to work with what you got yeah i always tell people that too <clears throat> just just create just do whatever you gotta do it yeah it don't matter i mean i was talking to josiah about just iphones man like if you want to make a film you could do it on your phone oh man you it's crazy i've been diving that's funny you bring that up because i've been diving into doing stuff with the new iphones mm-hmm. and <clears throat> i follow a guy that he is a he's a director you know a, a cameraman dop that has done a lot of work on uh, music videos back in the 90s 2000s he shot a documentary you can look him up I have to send you a link for him. I forget mm-hmm. his name offhand, but uh, he shot a whole documentary uh, on this musician, this artist that was traveling through the country in the last leg of his tour, and it was all shot with a cell phone. And the footage, like he used natural light. Uh, I think he might have used even the just the mic on the phone, and it turned Whoa. out great. He actually won awards for it. But the guy has experience. You know that knowledge and experience is going to get you farther than gear you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying so like you you could send that stuff with somebody that has all the knowledge in the world and they'll make something that's going to be better because they just have the talent and knowledge how to use mm-hmm. to the maximum you know they can but yeah i've really been diving into that so i've been messing with stuff actually with with cell phone footage because you can actually go into places uh with a cell phone on a gimbal or something if you got a really good lens or you know there's companies making really great lenses for these now you can add on as attachments mm-hmm. <clears throat> b script is one of them um but you can go into places you can't normally go into with a big camera rig you know because it's going to draw people's attention the next thing you know they're going to ask questions why are you in here filming whatever but if you got a cell phone on a gimbal you could you know film anywhere really mm-hmm. go into tight places go into kitchens if you're doing a documentary get up in people's faces without having a big, you know, red camera or anything like that. I like that aspect of it, mm-hmm. you know, and the quality's gotten a lot better. So, yeah, I'm excited about that, honestly, man. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I mean. Because that, that's kind of my plan is is, uh, is shooting a, a documentary and a film that I'm working on and doing using nothing but cell phones, mm-hmm. but the newest cell phones, you mm-hmm. know, and using add-on lenses from B-Script and stuff, you can add on cages and, and just using what you got, but using that technology to the, to the 
you know, to its fullest because there is limitations with a cell phone, you know, like the sensors are smaller. Mm -hmm. You can't really, they're not meant to really record in low light. Low light's not going to be as good. So you have to find ways to work around it. So you're going to have to bring in more light and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. I like those challenges. I, I think that, you know, when you have things that put you in a place where you, this is what you have to work with. I think it forces creativity. You know, if you, that's almost a problem nowadays. We have, it's too many options, you know. How am I going to make my phone look, you know? Mm-hmm. I've got this, I can put this theme on. I can do this, like, same thing with cameras, you know. Once you get too many options, it almost comes, becomes too much. hinders the creative process. Yeah. That's my, that's my view, anyways. Mm-hmm. Coming from a music background, I think that's where I got that from because I learned on really not great instruments, but as you learn to master the craft of playing, you know, build up the skill of your fingers and all that stuff. You really begin to appreciate a better instrument when you do play it. You know where the extra money's going, mm-hmm. you know. <clears throat> so, yeah, work with what you have. Get the best you can out of it, man. I, I love that idea. You iPhone user or a iPhone? iPhone? Yeah. Yeah, you hear that, everyone? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, the 15, I think, the Pro Max, mm-hmm. they had the three cameras. Or I guess it's just the iPhone Pros in general. Yeah, they have the... You got the 15? I've got the 14 Pro Max. How's that one? It's honestly, I, I think it's, I had a, I was using 11 Pro Max mm-hmm. and the step up from that, just that phone to this one, the cameras are amazing on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> don't really use the ultra wide lens on it. You know, if I'm filming footage, I'll use the regular uh, one times lens mm-hmm. and then add, uh, I have a cage that fits on this from B-Script where you can put on a lens, like an, like an anamorphic lens or like a telephoto lens. And it just steps the game up for these these cameras. Whoa. And the sensors are better in them. You know, you get better low light. So from about the 14 Pro up, this is pretty much the same thing as the 15. I don't think they really made that much change, really. It's not worth upgrading to it from 14. But Yeah. Yeah, it's great, though. I mean, the cameras in them are... I mean, I think you can even get online and look. I, you can see a video that, uh, was it Scorsese or was it, uh, it might have been Scorsese. He shot a music video or something, or Spielberg. It might have been Spielberg. Mm-hmm. And he's in a just a desk chair rolling around with a cell phone. And he shot a music video of it. And it looks just <laughs> phenomenal, man. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't believe it. <clears throat> man, yeah, I need to upgrade. I got the 12 Pro Max still. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I've just been holding out, just not caring really but but i mean the main thing i want is the camera oh yeah yeah that's that's like the main thing like everything else is just kind of the same anyways like safari and all that stuff Mm -hmm. it's just a phone but if you actually look at what you're talking about the specs of the camera Mm -hmm. and all these things you can add to it i mean it's a it's a lot that just has come in a short amount of time with DSLR cameras, yeah. mirror, all these things, and I don't know, man, because I got a A7 III, and it's oh, yeah. it's nice, it's nice. I, I just I just got it. It's it's really heavy. It's really it. I I like the feel of it in my hand, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of easier. Oh yeah, for the phone. It's in our pocket. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, right. It's, you it's just right pull there. it out, yeah. and then like with my camera, I gotta I gotta get it out. I gotta put the lens on. I gotta check the ISO. I gotta check the f-stop. I gotta yeah. Kelvin. All I gotta yeah. put all the stuff into it. And the camera, I could just kind of, I could kind of dim it if it's bright. I could dim it right. down like to where it's not so bright out. Right. And then I could throw it in, I don't know, CapCut. And I could oh, just, yeah. yeah, I could just like 
throw on quick. a filter and it yep. could it could look pretty cool. And yep. then that, that's and it's just like boom, 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 it's done. Right. Whether whether as to like my camera, I gotta get my SD card, <laughs> I gotta put it in my computer, I gotta wait for it to get on there, transfer over, I gotta put it in the Lightroom or whatever, <laughs> right. and then it's like, a process. <laughs> it is. I will say though, on on these phones, there there is another. If you use the stock cameras, and which if I'm filming something that I want to do really well, I don't usually normally use the stock camera. Mm-hmm. I'll use an app called uh, Filmic Pro, mm-hmm. which unlocks a lot of that stuff. Like you're talking about ISO, you know, your aperture. Oh, yeah, it unlocks all that stuff where you have manual control over it, setting mm-hmm. your white balance, setting your colors. You can even film log in it. I mean, like, really? Log, really? Yeah, yeah. It's like a, I think they moved to a subscription on that app, but I have the legacy where, oh, I, pay, where I bought it, and so dang. I can use the older version of it still, <laughs> but everything's moving to that now, man. They want you to do that monthly, yearly subscription for their app, and yeah, I don't like that. Really. I, <laughs> I like to buy it, it and be done with it. For real, like, I know. Well, I was going to go back to, uh, like, using what you have. Like, it's a great example if you go to YouTube as well. There's pros, and then there's, like, sort of beginners i guess you could say i used to watch these videos all the time but one guy there's two guys and one was familiar with what was it uh premiere pro mm-hmm. and iMovie. they both were actually but they made them switch and they're oh, like yeah. they're like okay let's have the pro use iMovie <laughs> see what he can make right. and then we'll have kind of the semi-pro beginner type guy use premiere pro and let's see what he can do right. And man, when that when the pro used that iMovie, I was blown away. I was like, "How did you do that?" Yeah, it's like yeah, it's, it's, it's the knowledge they have, man. Yeah. It's experience. I mean, that comes. There's no way to get there besides doing it, like we we're talking about, mm-hmm. you know. And you learn a lot in the process of doing that, mm-hmm. and you learn what not to do and what to and what will work, and you know, that's irreplaceable, really. Yeah, it's the same thing with musicians, you know. Like, um, for example, to take somebody like Jack White. For the play with the white stripes, mm-hmm. like the the gear that he used when he started off was not necessarily the best gear that you. I mean, it, it was dated stuff, but it was cheaper stuff. But his sound came out of that because it's what he had. Mm-hmm. It's what he had to work with, and obviously, it created the white stripe sound. You know, so that's the other thing. Sometimes when you f- you force yourself to work within a limitation, you also then unconsciously, maybe not even aware to yourself start to stylize what you're doing and it comes out in your own style. Mm-hmm. You know, as musicians, the same way, you know, the gear that you choose to play with, the amps you use to play with, the way you play is it going to kind of create your own signature style and signature. Mm-hmm. Same thing, I think, with filming. It's the same thing, you know. Um, if you're a creative person and how you how you set your shots up and how you edit, how you do your cuts, all those things, you know, if you have match, you know, transitions, all those little things add up to a person's style, you know. Like, I can watch a film with no audio if you put a film on like a spielberg film with no audio i could sit and watch it tell you that was spielberg that, fought, that shot that mm-hmm. just because of the style of how he, his type of shots the way he you know uh, boxes scenes and stuff like that you can just look at it and know so it's kind of that style he has you know mm-hmm. and the pacing you know you feel the pacing yeah but uh yeah man i'm all about this using what you have and I think that hinders a lot of people to even get started sometimes. It's like, well, I got to wait and get this best gear. Well, I can't do that because I have to have this mic and this mic and this mic. Mm -hmm. I agree to a certain point, you know, um, with film, you know, probably more important than cameras sound, you know, people will give a film, um, they'll set through a film and give it a chance if it doesn't look that great. But if they cannot hear it, 
you'll start seeing people leave. You know, if they mm-hmm. can't hear the dialogue, if, if things are having trouble, they just won't. People won't waste their time. I will. I won't. I will usually turn it off. Mm-hmm. So that's another important aspect is the whole sound. You know. So yeah. But all those things coming back to what I was saying is you know use what you have. You know, get the best you can out of it. Yeah. Do you still do music? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Actually, I um just produced a drum track. I did a well. I actually did a whole track and ended up losing because <laughs> to my ignorance, losing like half the other tracks. Um, I participated in a, what's called a, we're talking about those people we did Lone Wolf Hill with. Mm-hmm. Jay Benham is doing something now. It's a, it's called a, his ledger piece where he takes paintings that he has. All these paintings of his artwork have stories to them. So he's taking those, I don't know if you've seen any of those that stuff on Facebook we've been sharing, but he'll take those paintings and then he's created it where we make it in a performance, a live performance where you bring it to life, where where you look like the characters in the painting. Oh, yeah. And bring it in, and, mm-hmm. and then we tell the narration over the painting. So it's like a new form of what they call ledger art. Mm-hmm. It's bringing that into the contemporary period, which is, I think it's brilliant. I think it's a great idea that he's doing, because it hasn't really hadn't been done, what he's mm-hmm. doing. And so we just participated in a piece um, over at the University of Arkansas this last month um, with one of his pieces we did called Big Yellow Car with his daughter, Brooke Benham. And... Uh, Anyway, to get back to what I was saying, I did it. I worked on a musical piece with the producer that did that. I created a drum track, you know. So I still play music, not as much as I used to, like with a band, you know. I think the last thing that when I had a functioning band, my band at the time was 2009, 2008. We played at the Edge Fest in Tulsa. Really? It's where, um, well, the ballpark's there now where they had it. It was the Edge Fest 2008. They had Velvet Revolver and. It's like basically the whole band of Guns N' Roses, but with a different singer. Mm-hmm. We played that year. We played the local stage. And so, like, I haven't really played with a band since then, but I still do a lot of studio stuff. I'll write, do stuff like that. So, yeah. Were y'all heavy metal? No, I would say we were... Uh, New metal? No, it was just alternative rock band. Alternative like, rock Kind of compared to, like, Foo Fighters. Like, oh, okay. I don't know if you're familiar with those 90 bands. Like, I was mm-hmm. I was into the grunge, you know, Alice in Chains, you know, Stone Temple Pilots, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. we were just an alternative rock band. All original. I wrote all the original stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I still do that. Created a track for independent film um, Some several years after that. I took a song that we had wrote as a band that I had wrote and then turned it into a pop song for a film that I was going to be using a film produced the whole song had it all done <clears throat> then there was a fallout between the producers uh, with some creative differences so it never did come to light <laughs> mm-hmm. but the song i ended up releasing it which got a lot of you know some radio airplay and stuff i'll have to share it with you sometimes it's a little different it's pop stuff you know i kind of white can write within a, a, a wide a wide range of styles so mm-hmm. i'm just a fan of music really you know yeah but, yeah i'd love to hear it yeah yeah i was gonna is a velvet revolver that was um Scott the, Weiland from Stump Toe Yeah, Pops, STP. Yeah. He was a head singer, and the rest of the guys were just from Guns N' Roses. That's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I remember that band. They released an album, and uh, they played that Edge Fest in 2008. I actually got to get backstage and meet those guys after mm-hmm. that year, so that was that was pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, that, that was fun. They were they were a great band. I don't think they lasted that long. And then, no. Yeah. No, a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. That's what I hate, man. It's all these bands, and they get together, <laughs> and they just, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's people man <laughs> it is actually like i don't know it's just yeah everybody just can't handle each other or they just can't be around each other yeah. they just figure it out it's like 
I can't do this no more. <laughs> yeah. It's changed though. Music has changed so much. Like I think that's what we're seeing kind of with the industry, mm-hmm. you know, from the transition, like when I was in high school and stuff, like, you know, we were still listening to cassette tapes, you know, changing in the, you know, discs. Mm-hmm. And then it eventually went into MP3s, but that transition from the streaming online, like it completely changed the music industry. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what's happening. We're seeing with the film industry, with all this stuff, the strike and everything that was going on is like, got streaming services that are taking over, you know, all these films, you know, and I don't know, it's going to be a weird transition with this, like we saw with music, because now it's like, you can't go out as a band really and record an album and sell it. It's all about the single, (laughs) you know, people just go buy the song, which which back in the day, which you probably did as well. You you like a song, you'd go, you'd have to buy the album, Mm -hmm. you know, can't do that nowadays really. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, those are the days yeah. waiting around, waiting, waiting for an album to drop. I I loved it. That was an experience, though. Man. It was uh, well, every Tuesday, that's when albums would drop mm-hmm. back then, and I would just sit around and uh, look at the internet back then and be like, "What's coming out? What's coming out?" and just get excited. Mm-hmm. And I mean, back then it was like a lot of TV and like internet wasn't popping and it wasn't right in your hands like it is now like i mean there's just so many things that have changed from back then to even like gaming like waiting waiting at the GameStop for oh, a game yeah. to drop and yeah. then now it's just like you know, did, what people are like what you used to do that like <laughs> well did like sony has even changed it like their pit i have i still have a ps4 i never upgraded the ps5 but from mm-hmm. what i understand it's all like most of it's digital now right yeah so Wow. I got the I got the Xbox S series X series and you you got a you got a choice of like strictly digital console or you can have mm-hmm. it can be digital too but you can have the disc option oh, okay. as well but from what I understand now it's like they're trying to move from like no no uh, no physical no physical yeah. disc to just digital now. Wow. And because I mean, it's like it's all on there. Like the game store is mm-hmm. on your Xbox, so you go there and you just buy a game, and you can do whatever you want on there. Buy games. You could buy the, uh, I think it's called Game Pass now. It used to be Xbox Live. Ooh. I I just bought it like so it's last like a week. Subscription thing again. <laughs> yeah, like to play online with your friends. Oh, okay. Yeah, when yeah. I was playing, it was Xbox Gold. And then it went for the Xbox Live, and now I think it's just Game Pass. And I was confused, and I was just I had to look it up and just be like, am I buying the right thing? Because I don't want to buy this and not have the ability to play with my friends. But, I mean, yeah, dude, it's it's crazy, man. It's crazy just to think, because I was, two, 2002 is when I got the PS1, I think. And then PS2 came out, and it was just kind of like, okay, here's online, but it's limited. Mm-hmm. And then it went from that to just full on where we're at now. And it's so crazy. Like, yeah, it's like a long time ago. It seems like, but it really, it's not to see that jump from what we used, what right. we're used to seeing real simple mm. to now. It's like right at your hands like oh, with yeah. music. It's like I hear about that from music. Like, like you said, like people don't even want to release albums they want to release like a song every six to eight weeks mm-hmm. because it it'll it'll be that single and then maybe they'll put them all on an album mm-hmm. for you to have them later on. Right. And so just the mindset of like all these things and 
fucking TikTok. And yeah, you've got to change. <laughs> you've got to change with the times, man. And it's like, yeah, it's it's a it's a constantly changing world. <laughs> it's hard to keep up. Yeah, like it yeah. seems like everything changes every week. Absolutely. And I always hear something new or like a hack or. I mean, it's just it's just a lot of buildup, and it's like, dang, I gotta look that up. I gotta look that up. <laughs> It'll be easier, but I gotta look it up and study it. I guess right. you know, yeah. <laughs> I know. I just, I like I said, I'm getting older. I have to stay caught up on that stuff, man. Or like I like it's funny you say that because I just went into our local mall in Bartlesville not too long ago, and I was always used to seeing GameStop in there, and I don't know when they got rid of it. It's not in there. I remember taking my boys there and you know waiting in line like you said, the game was going to drop Battlefield or you know, mm-hmm. Call of Duty or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and there'd be lines, and now it's like it's not it's not even in there. It's all got to go online and download the game. <laughs> I know <laughs> that's crazy. And Promenade closed down. Yeah, I oh, did it really. Yeah, yeah. Wow. R.I.P. Yeah, they closed down, I think, in, was it September? Wow. Yeah, it was like, I even know about it. I just read it on Facebook one day. And I it was didn't like, it I was didn't like the that. weekend of, and I said, man, I should go check them out, see if they got any sales, and went over there. And nothing in there? Nothing was, well, they had stuff in there, but they were just like, everything's uh, full price. <laughs> and I was like, man, come on. <laughs> I, I seen a I seen a Facebook post that somebody said it, somebody should go and buy all these abandoned malls and make it into like a Gen X retirement home community. Oh yeah, <laughs> put the arcades back in there again. That'd be tight. Put the paylesses back in there. You know? Yeah, <laughs> nostalgia. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. Show one movie, that's it, in the mm. movie theater, over and over. <laughs> I was reading somebody said, uh, just buy Promenade and make a giant spirit Halloween. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure it'll probably get turned into that too. So they're probably already working on it. Now. That'd be crazy. <laughs> oh my god! I think that's funny. That's that's actually what they did in Bartlesville. The old J.C. Penney store is, is now like the home to Spirit Halloween. Really? How big yeah. is that mall over there? I've never been. It's there. decent. It was a decent sized mall. Uh, it's not like a, a Woodland Hills or anything, mm-hmm. but um, maybe close. Maybe a little smaller than Promenade. Really? But. You know, back in the day when, you know, like that mall generation, man, that was a popping place. You know, I was always hanging out the arcade in there, the food court, you know, mm-hmm. Corn Dog 7. That's a great <laughs> place to go. <laughs> Get your eyes seen, Corn Dog. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's weird. Like all these places are abandoned now. It's like, Golly. Yeah. Well, now there's a outlet mall happening. Yeah. And Jinx. Yeah, that's everywhere now, it seems like. I'm kind of excited. I don't know. It, it kind of seems like they waited too long to put that out there. I mean, to get it done, I guess. Because I've heard about that since, I want to say, three years ago. Hmm. They are like, I don't know what the weight was or anything. But it's getting built. It's, it looks pretty big out there. Wow. So I'm I'm kind of excited. I might just go there once and be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shop at home. Sound like the Grand Canyon. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> I was like Vegas. I went to Vegas and it was okay. I I hurt more than I had fun, I guess. Oh, wow. I walked a lot and I cramped a lot and I sweated a lot and it just, oh, man. When did, when did you go there? I went there June 22nd through the, no, the 21st or the 23rd, I think. And I hosted a co-hosted a show there for like okay, comedy yeah. and yeah i think I, I remember seeing a post about that and music and 
and it was it was cool i mean it was yeah like it was i i'll just say i i saw vegas <laughs> did you get to see the uh the new dome thing they built has a- they were they were building that when i got there and it was kind of like i think we drove by it and it was just it was almost done oh they didn't have a lit up yet but a couple weeks after i came back home then it was done i was oh. like man yeah. <laughs> That looks pretty neat, though. I'd like to see a show in there. I don't know if you've seen any footage from that. But. I saw footage of uh, you two. Yeah, that was that's what I saw. That was mm-hmm. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's that's different. <laughs> yeah, and it was like everything was moving behind them oh, or something, yeah. like because it, it's all three hundred sixty degree uh, like screens. Yeah, it's all screens, and oh, it's it's crazy. I would have probably lost my mind in there. Yeah. <laughs> Anxiety attack. <laughs> <laughs> Need Jason Sunday in there to play. Oh shit. I wish. <laughs> so y'all don't play no more? No, not really. Not really with the band. Like, you know, mm-hmm. everybody's getting older and stuff. But mm-hmm. I, I did a, actually, I thought that too. I had another song that I'd worked with my drummer on that was a film we were working on called Bride of Jason, which started production, but we never finished it. So it's kind of just been set in there. Hopefully mm-hmm. we'll get to finish it. And uh, I worked on a song. I wrote a song after uh, some it was a line that somebody had and it kind of inspired me to write a song. So I hooked up with my old drummer and went to another friend's studio there that he had just opened in Bartlesville uh, and recorded the song, which was pretty cool. So hopefully if that ends up coming out, that song will be used in it. <laughs> and that was the song that I wrote for it. But mm-hmm. as far as the band, man, yeah, just, we don't really play anymore. It's like you get, you get older and, you know, once I was raising my kids and, you know, sports, football, all that stuff, it's like, take so much time yeah did uh acting come before that or oh yeah after? Yeah, yeah yeah like I, I started theater stuff when i was younger i had a third, okay. grade, third grade teacher that kind of got me involved in it she used to put on a thing called the americanism program mm-hmm. which which is kind of weird would learn patriotic songs and like sing and dance and i like that aspect of it you know and so she was always real encouraging to me to perform because i was one of those kids that couldn't sit still in class you know mm-hmm. I, I would change the we would sing you know have our music class and I would change the lyrics to the songs and ended up getting in trouble and having to go <laughs> out in the hall and so she knew I had a creative a creative mind that wanted to do stuff with you know art and creating and stuff so mm-hmm. she was always really encouraging to that but she kind of got me started in the theater aspect of it and then uh you know I did stuff in church like yeah, I was in youth groups and stuff and I was a teenager in high school and kind of went from there and I took some classes uh, from a guy in 90 would have been 98 he went to the actor's studio and not the one in New York but the one in California and uh, he was the one that kind of introduced me to um, some of the the acting methods and like um, uh, Stella Adler and you know uh, Meisner you know so I started learning that stuff Mm-hmm. But back then, Oklahoma is not, it wasn't what it is now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a big, it was only way you could do that really. I think heard you and Chase talking about this on one of your last podcasts. You had to go out to California, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was going on here, but I didn't really know a lot about it. It was the stage stuff that I would do if I did anything really. Mm-hmm. But I was learning, learning the history of acting, learning different methods, where it came from you know, the Moscow Art Theater, how it all originated and come here to the States and all and the history of it. And then I just uh, really didn't do too much after that because I started playing music. I was playing sports at the time. I ended up going out of high school, played a year at a Bible college in Oklahoma City. 
uh, was going to be recruited out of high school, uh, was already being recruited for professional baseball. But I t- heard I had an injury my junior at the end of my sorry at the end of my sophomore year. I broke my arm throwing. I had a cyst in my arm. I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Never really come back after that. But before that, I was I actually had gotten scouted at the time. I had a coach in a summer league that was a scout for the Oklahoma City 89ers, which was the farm team at the time for the Texas Rangers. And so he filled out a scouting report on me and stuff. I was throwing really good, you know, at 14 years old. I was hitting like high 80s, you know. Had a good pitch, you know, repertoire. And anyways, I ended up hurting my arm in high school. Um, missed my junior year. Come back, played my senior year. Did pretty good. Went eight and one in my summer league. And uh, But it was never the same. You know, you get an injury and it's like you work and work, but it just you lose something, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like it's never the same. But I was able to go on and play a year, walked on to a college, a Bible college in Oklahoma City, Mid American Bible College, and played a year there. And it got to a point where I was just like, well, you know, I'm studying school. It's like, it just really wasn't fun, you know. But I was able to end it on my terms, you know, instead of an injury. Mm-hmm. It's like I was done, you know. Then uh, kind of got really involved in the music because I'd been, pl- I started when I had that injury in high school, that's when I picked up a guitar. I needed something to do. You know, I needed something to focus my attention to because I had my arm at it like a 90 degree angle. My right arm was like this when it was healing. So mm-hmm. naturally strumming a guitar. My, you know, my family all played guitar. My dad played guitar. And so it was something I just picked up the guitar one day and I'm going to learn how to do this. You know, mm-hmm. started learning stuff from my dad. You know, our family's all musical people. Every family reunion you get together, you'd have a stage and people performing and singing. My grandpa was a really great violinist, fiddle player and so, yeah, I picked that up and just uh, started woodshedding, you know, learning an instrument, banging on it, and then uh, started writing my own stuff. And it just kind of picked up from there. So by college, after I quit, I was still playing music at the time. So I had a band. We started touring around. We toured down, like, in Dallas at Deep Elm. We'd play down there, all around Tulsa, basically, mm-hmm. um, back home in Bartlesville. And then the starting to, tr- you know, trying to start our thing and get a, get a following. And... uh so, yeah, that was taking a lot of my time with music. But, I, you know, the acting thing was still there. There just really wasn't a whole lot of doors opening for that. But I uh, always had an interest in film. And like I said, my, I think I told you earlier, my dad was a projectionist when he was younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, worked at the theater there in Vanita as a teenager downtown. And then there was a drive-in on the outside of Vanita. Uh, he, w- he worked at the drive-in as well. But So I always had an interest in movies and it wasn't until I got, shoot, really picked back up with Lone Wolf Hill. Um, I'd actually got contacted to work on, I think you can probably say it, that was it, The uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, mm-hmm. to work background on that. Uh, I ended up not working on it. They never did call me back again, which I was bummed about because I was like, I was going to work on a you know, Scorsese film to get to see the process of it and stuff. But mm-hmm. At the same time, though, I got the gig for doing Lone Wolf Hill as a you know, lead role, which was more beneficial to me for what I was wanting to do, you know, instead of just doing background. Mm-hmm. I was actually getting to work on the craft, you know, getting to create a character and, and you know, develop the character and all that stuff. So it, it was actually better for me that I got the opportunity to do that, I think, mm-hmm. because I learned more in the process and was able to get that experience. And now that's just kind of where I'm at. I'm just trying to get these gigs. I've got a few other gigs. And like I said, the one we started... Um, bride Jason that's still kind of hanging in limbo mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that's 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 the thing about film man like you'll get brought on to something or somebody put you in and you might start it and then it just things change 
you know. So I'm learning that you really can't say anything until it's done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am in this film. Okay, it is done, you know. But that's just that's just the process of it really. Mm-hmm. So it's like I had an acting teacher that told me, you know, uh classes and stuff, they're important. I do that too. Like I took trainings, I still follow up with people. Um, a guy that I worked with David Crawford back in 98, I touched back up with him last year and, and did like a uh, intensive with him for about six months before Lone Wolf Hill, which he helped me with that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it's like, he would tell me, you know, classes are important. There's no doubt about that. You need to do that. But unless you're out in the situation taking swings, you know, you, that's the only way you're going to develop at the craft. You have to be doing it. So if you aren't getting those gigs, you kind of try to find things that you can do, you know, you create for yourself or find that group of people you can do it with. So that's kind of what I've been doing now is I'm like, okay, well, let's just start making our own stuff. You know, I've got a friend, a guy that probably Jason bring that up again. He's a great writer. Mm-hmm. Um, wrote a short film that I'm wanting to do, um, hopefully in the spring. Work again with a guy that I met from Lone Wolf Hill as the DP, Alex Farlahi. And do that film. So I'm wanting to, you know, and act in it. So it's like, I got to find those things where I can keep trying to do the craft, you know, because everything right now with film too has just kind of been, with the strike, it's going to put things in limbo as well. So you can do a lot of non-union stuff, but you got to find the work. You got to create it. And so that's kind of what I'm wanting to do now is start doing stuff myself with something I'm starting called Dead Clan Films, a production company that uh, my wife and I are wanting to start and try to predominantly focus on getting native working with native people and getting native people in film outside of just most of the typical roles like I've done, which I like doing, don't get me wrong, but you know, the identifiable native roles, you know, riding a horse, whatever, you know, I like that stuff, Mm -hmm. but as natives, we can do more than that. You know, I think that's something that Sterling showed us with res dogs. You know, we are, we are people now we're in this time now. Mm -hmm. Let's see what natives look like now. And that's kind of my, ideas uh, the dead clan films is kind of comes from an idea of a story that i wrote about uh zombies it's a, it's a native zombie mm-hmm. story it's the dead clan so that's a big one but that's a feature i'd eventually like to do but i would probably need a marvel budget to do because it. <laughs> it's just too big <laughs> so i'm constantly tweaking on it and maybe like well can i scale this down to a short film just to get the idea out there because it's i think it would be pretty cool but so that's kind of where i'm at right now um is just I'm wanting to start that, and then you know, in the process, I'm working, I'm creating my own stuff, uh, and then uh, just trying to keep the craft moving forward, and, and still taking classes and doing doing what I can, you know. Got another film that's lined up. I just got pulled into a couple of weeks ago. Um, don't know if I can really say anything about it right now, but I got pulled into this, uh, which we'll, I'll be shooting here in December, a scene, and then in January. Mm-hmm. But it's for a potential uh, streaming service series, mm-hmm. and so it's like a pilot, I think, is what what it is for. But I'll tell you more about it. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I can really say anything else. What's more about it? But, so it's, it's <laughs> just one of those things, you know. But um, yeah, so I've focused on that too, which is coming up. It's giving me something to look forward to. So mm-hmm. other than that, man, just trying to stay busy and create. I've been doing artwork. I just had um. Uh, I do paintings and, and digital artwork. I don't know if you've seen some of it. I have a couple of pieces over at Arkansas when we did that performance with the Benham family for mm-hmm. the Ledger art. Uh, I was able to get a couple of my art pieces over there, which are shown at the MC, which is a multicultural center at the University of Arkansas. It'll be showing until the 8th of next month. 
and so that's pretty cool it's another door you know yeah gets open so yeah um it's kind of where i've been at here lately man just trying to be creative yeah <laughs> trying to find your way yeah <laughs> i mean that's all that's all that's all it is we do anyways yeah. And then so, well, yeah, I was going to ask you about Dead Clan mm-hmm. films. So mm-hmm. that's strictly you. Yeah, that's and that's that's your my wife? yeah, that's my plan. Is is we're wanting to to register that as a production company, mm-hmm. and then start probably with a few short films. As I'm learning that it's it's a big process, you know, like especially doing indie films because you have to work around people's schedules, people work, getting everybody together at the same time, going mm-hmm. to scouting locations having to go through the processes to make sure that, you know, the insurance process, you know, where you filming at is it's, there's liability issues. There's all that aspect of it that you have to look at too, to make sure that if people are involved in it, you know, that they understand, you know, it's at your risk. We don't have a lot of money. It's an indie film. So Mm -hmm. sign here. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm doing now in the process of trying to secure all that stuff. But we are going to be scouting for this film I'm wanting to do in the spring. And, uh, but yeah, Dead Clan films, that's, that's what we're, we're trying to start. And that's Dead Clan comes from the idea of the zombie film that I have an idea for. So that's I was like, tight. Dead Clan film, that's yeah, kind of, if it comes out, it'll make sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like the name, Dead yeah. Clan films. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. The shirts are awesome too. Oh, yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. 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 Now there's still, there's still some available if, uh, you want to go out on my website, <laughs> jasonsunday.com. Yeah. Need, need that 3X. Yeah, oh, I think we sold out of our, our bigger sizes. Well, that that one, well, the one I won. Remember? The oh snagging, yeah, 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 yeah. Was it snagging one? It was yeah, snagging one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, that was an XO, but I gave it to Charmin. I was oh. like, I was like, here. I was like, because I can't fit it now. Oh, you probably you could probably wear it now though. You've yeah, got a bunch of weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could probably wear it now. Yeah, you're yeah. looking good, man. Yeah, I was gonna tell you that last time we hung out. It looked like you you you've been. Was training yesterday. I seen your videos. It like you were training for the Ivan Drago fight. Man, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to create some content with just working out. Like, yeah. Because I mean, everybody else does it anyways. And I mean, I'm a lot bigger than those people, but maybe it would help somebody. Like, man, shit, I could do that too. Like, that's you know? a great. That's actually a great idea, man. Yeah. That's 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 actually a really good idea because you can inspire people doing that, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's tough, like, because I'm older now, and I've torn a lot of stuff and broke bones, and, like, it's just, like, cold weather's like, oh, man, but basically, is what I've been reading is, like, you just got to keep moving. Like, you have to, you can't just lay around enough to where it's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's going to hurt, then you might as well start doing something, and so, and then winter's here, and summer's gone, summer, and mid fall helped me lose some weight too mm-hmm. uh, it was hot in the fall but i know winter I, I told somebody else i'm like man winter time comes i just i get lazy yeah. i get lazy and things slow down mm-hmm. really like because my summer and my fall were really busy with football and commentary and all the, all these other things i was doing mm-hmm. and now it's like everything's kind of stopping until mid-january yeah right and then till february and then then on it gets busy i guess but this is where like it starts declining and i'm like i can relax a little i can chill out but then it's like if i do then dang i'm just gonna i'm gonna eat the wagon i guess (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> What's those wintertime blues too, man? My, my wife and I talk about that. It seems like every time about this year, it's like you start to feel a little bit low energy. Mm-hmm. Like I, I do anyways. And it's yeah. like, you got to fight that as like, and there is such a thing as kind of like that wintertime blues. I, that's what they call it. Yeah. But to staying active. So, you know, lifting weights is something I do all the time. So it, it keeps me geared, you know, where I hopefully I don't fall into that because you can, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's easy to. But that's great. That's great to see you doing that, man. Um, that was actually an idea that we had talked about as well as trying to do a, a documentary about that with mm-hmm. the natives about encouraging uh, healthy choices and lifestyle and about how to change your lifestyle and, and uh, you know, make that lifestyle change for living healthy mm-hmm. as a native and putting that foot forward and implementing things that will help you do that. And maybe that could be an inspiration to other native people, you know, to. Yeah. Because it affects, like I was telling you earlier before the show, um, that affects everything. You know, your mental wellness is everything is affected. They're all interconnected. You know, you change one, it's going to affect another. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, oh, I mean, so you're, you know, you, you're into working out and mm-hmm. I mean, you do it more than me. <clears throat> and I mean, you've acquired a lot of knowledge throughout the years, mm-hmm. just like I have too. But I mean, it's like everything changes as well. Like I know you've seen a lot of the, um, what, what, like Atkins, all these other things oh, that have yeah. gone on throughout the years. And so like what suits you best? Like what yeah. is it? Are you, are, do you not do a lot of carbs? Do you, are you high carbs? Cause I mean, for me personally, it's like strictly low, low carbs, mm-hmm. like a way of eating. Cause I hate the, I hate the term diet as yeah, well. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I can't stand that, but I say it because people say it all the time anyways, right. but I, I usually try to go to a way of eating or like a lifestyle of however you eat. But for me, it's like, low low carbs but good carbs not like trash mm-hmm. not trash carbs like veggies or right like some good veggies and like whatever meat mm-hmm. and i know times are hard but i mean just in moderation you know it doesn't have to, like like we talk about with filming equipment mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. you got to work with what you can right, right. you got to work with what you can even with food that yeah. goes with food yeah. and so like what like what have you scene and like everything just to now yeah yeah, like, yeah that's uh well we we touched on that before this podcast uh-huh. is that you know the whole diet thing like i don't i've done that you know when i was younger and through my 20s and struggled with weight and mm-hmm. getting out of shape and i kind of realized that um you know a diet i don't like that either because it's like i said it's got a beginning and an end mm-hmm. and you usually fall off of it you know you go on it and it usually don't work because they're hard to sustain, you know, because usually most diets require you to do this or restrict this. I'm no doctor by any means. Oh, but yeah. I did no, learn me some, me, I learned some nutrition stuff in college and uh, just my own research. What, and I think that's the thing, like you said, you got to do what works for you. But I think people tend to complicate it too much. Yeah. And we got an industry that also does that as well. You know, we got a supplement industry. We got a food industry that, tells people well go on this diet and you'll you'll lose weight yeah you might lose weight but is it healthy you know that's the whole key thing to me is like i really don't restrict anything i eat what i want to eat but i make daily exercise uh uh consistency Mm -hmm. because that's i think the most important thing you know um consistency in anything that you do is going to create the end result of whatever you're wanting if you're not consistent with it you're not going to get the end goal you know so 
it's like they say, if you uh, if you don't make time for your wellness, you'll be forced to make time for your illness. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you've got to try to find those things to uh, just give you a better quality of life. Unfortunately, I lost my mother and father both kind of at an early age. Lost my father at the age of fifty six. <clears throat> In part, I think some of it was just lifestyle and diet. Um, my mother struggled with her weight most of her life she was she was a big lady she was six one but she was a big lady too you know like seen gilbert grape the movie Gilbert. Grape, that was mm-hmm. my mom mm-hmm. and it, it was one of those things where she, a lot of it was in her control but some of it wasn't because she had health issues so she was on high doses of steroids which just adds weight onto you and it's hard to keep it off and so so i i seen this and i was like i want to have a better quality of life as i age you know because it's just setting the odds on your side you know but to get back to what you're saying, as far as choices in food, um, there's a lot of knowledgeable people, I think, more so than me, on, you can find on YouTube that talks about that stuff. One, one particular person I would, I would tell people to maybe watch is a guy, he's a, he is a physical therapist, but he, he's a nutritionist, physical therapist, but he also does you know, uh, a lot of weightlifting stuff to get people in shape. And he, and he covers a lot of that about nutrition. Um, Jeff Cavalier, I don't know if you're familiar with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Athlean X is a, is a show, I believe. I've heard of that. That's he's the is that one him? Yeah. Okay. And the guy is really knowledgeable. Um, I kind of followed a guideline that he showed, and because he talked about the whole diet thing, like we we're talking about, mm-hmm. and making healthy choices, and like it's just real simple, you know, eat clean. You know, if you go to sh- if you go to a supermarket, shop around the outside. That's where all your healthy stuff is. Mm-hmm. Supermarkets are set up in a way where they put all this, the bad stuff in an area where, you know, you're going to see it. But most of the time, if you think about most supermarkets, all the healthy stuff is on the outer rim of all the grocery area. So if you shop that outer rim where you get your eggs, your milk, your meats, um, seafood, whatever it may be, that's going to be, you know, just look for that area Mm -hmm. and and you're on, and you're on a start, you know, you're going to see all your fruits and vegetables. Everything's on the outside. You walk into Walmart, it's all right there. That's true. So he kind of has the mentality of eat clean, you know, but that's the other thing is, is I think as people like how I grew up, you know, and I, and my parents' generation, you know, their parents' generation, they grew up with time of depression and stuff like that. So like if they didn't have a lot of food, it was like, Hey, clean your plate. You got to eat what's all on your plate. Mm-hmm. And so I think that mentality was passed down through the generations. I know it wasn't my mom and dad's generation. So it was like, that was kind of passed down to me as like, this is your dinner. You need to finish that plate. Well, I'm not hungry. You know, it's, it's also about telling yourself to stop don't eat and just don't overeat. <laughs> yeah. And I think that people get conditioned sometimes to do that. I know there was a period in my life I did that, but I had to realize, I think I was doing that for other reasons to almost medicate, self-medicate to give me pleasure because maybe I wasn't happy or had other things I was dealing with, depression, anxiety. Mm-hmm. So all those things tie in, you know what I'm saying? It's like, but it's like anything else. You, you have to be self-disciplined and say, I'm going to choose to do this. But the problem is a lot of times when people do that, they will jump in head first, you know, okay, I'm going to do this. Okay. Tomorrow all I'm going to eat is chicken and salad, sweet potato, maybe a little bit of rice, you know, but sticking to that for a week, two weeks is going to get real, real quick. Yeah. You have to make little changes, you know, look at the things in your diet that aren't healthy. Like soda is one of the number one killers, I think for like people, especially leading to diabetes, leading, scale that back, switch to a diet, try to get off on it change the sparkling water make those little steps and those things will eventually over time because of consistency like i'm talking about mm-hmm. will lead up to 
being a lifestyle instead of a diet, you know? So that's what I try to focus on, you know, eating clean. When you make your plate, making sure you got, you know, your portion of your protein, your complex carbs, and then, you know, maybe something else like uh, uh, pasta or something that's a different form of carbs. It depends on what you're doing too, I have to say, because if you're working out, they say carbs, carbs are important if you work out as well, Mm -hmm. you know, just as much as protein, but it depends on what you're wanting to do. If you're wanting to build muscle, you're going to have to eat for building muscle, which means you're going to have a high intake of calories, you know, and and protein. But if you're wanting to lose fat, well, that's a whole nother way of eating you're going to have to do, Mm -hmm. a whole nother way you're exercising. So it depends. You can't do them both at the same time. You have to choose one or the other. So that is also dependent on how you eat. Like, like I've had this role that's coming up. I, I have to put on a little bit more muscle, I think. So I'm changing my diet and my workout routine to be able to meet that, you know, so that's going to be more protein, maybe a little bit more complex car- carbs, you know, in the diet. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, you know, just you got to find those things that work for you and then create that consistency. Don't make it a diet. Make it a lifestyle. For real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, <clears throat> just thinking back to growing up, it was like, like you're talking about just it was food to last maybe a few days as well. Like, oh, yeah. Like, I mean, we lived off commodities too. Yep. And so, you know, my mom, she would make a big old thing of spaghetti yep. or like goulash right you. Yep. or, you know, like, and then there'd be like just canned meat, you know, to our snackage and like just whatever she could possibly get because like a lot of things happen with her as well, you know, being a parent and all this stuff and just like we all have our own things that happen with our parents but Mm -hmm. i mean that was like kind of the main thing too it's like i kind of had to break away from that because that's that i I mean so i catch myself doing that sometimes when i cook stuff like goulash like i'll make this huge (laughs) pot and it's just me and charman (laughs) but i mean it's like but it's like we'll snack on it for a couple days and it'll be gone right like it's, it's just uh but back then it was more of like a just to survive right like it gets you through the month it gets you yeah, yeah it, absolutely. It, would, it wouldn't be just that one week it'd be the next week too like it, but it'd be in the form of spaghetti yep. or whatever else is something like that that's a big quantity to was, where they, they were cheap and it sustained and it you cheap. yeah i know mm-hmm. that was the same way with i was same way with my parents you know like we mm-hmm. live in commodities and was on welfare for a time so it's like we didn't have a lot of money in the home mm-hmm. um when my mom, my mom got sick and lost her sight when I was 14, you see, Dang. from a disease. And mm-hmm. so, like, her whole independence was taken from her. Mm-hmm. So everything she enjoyed, loved doing was just within a day taken from her from this disease, a Devix disease. And so it was a big adjustment for the whole family, you know. Yeah. Even my dad, like, he had to take a lot of those responsibilities on for cooking, something that he really didn't do, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I understand completely what you're saying. It was, it was getting us through the month. It was buying in quantity. Sometimes it was the cheap stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, yeah, that's, I mean, I understand that as well. You got to get through it. You know, you got to get through the month. But I'm, I'm seeing a lot more things within our tribal communities. Uh, like, I know the Cherokee Nation has created a food pantry thing now where there, where you can actually go in and have access to uh, better quality, healthy food. Nice. You know, even some of these community growing things. Um I have a friend that's on Facebook. I forget her name offhand. Forgive me for saying that, but mm-hmm. she's involved with that. It's like a seed bank where they go out and, and and 
plant these things that are, you know, native seeds that were in within our tribe. And, mm-hmm. and so it's encouraging that, that type of way of looking at food. I think we need to see more of, you know, because there are resources out there. It's just what you have to kind of break out of that to be able to find the things that, you know, are going to be healthy for you. But it's a good thing they're doing that now because it's giving you an, an option. You know, like say you want to make that choice. It's going to be a little bit easier. Like, like at that food pantry, you can go in and they, I think they get like cuts of meat from like uh, local butchers and they're bringing in lots of produce and stuff like that, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Instead of the old days where you get commodity, you get your block of cheese, <laughs> you know, and, and, and your canned pork that had the six inches of jelly fat at the oh, yes. top of it. And yeah. That stuff was incredibly unhealthy. I mean, but that's what was told to us. Yeah. You know, that was our survival, you know, which I, I ate a lot of that when it was, I was a kid. I enjoyed it. I go hungry. Yeah. It was either eat that or go hungry. <laughs> yeah. you know? Put that on some bread. Yeah, like make that sandwich. I mean, yeah, dude, it was. You you look back on it now, it's like, dang, like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, but I mean, like, commodities have gotten a lot better too. Yeah, they have. You know, and I think some of that, like you were saying, is like some people. Well, that's that's our culture. That was what was passed down. You know, like I love fry bread. Don't get me wrong. I love love me some fry. I don't usually eat some fry bread, but I have to make sure that I eat it in moderation. Mm -hmm. But I love fry bread. But you think about where that comes from. That was that was from the dole that we got. As natives and that's what they use like you said to sustain to make yeah. something that would last as good as it is it's not really the greatest for you yeah if, if that's what you're eating a lot of mm-hmm. but it's good to see other options now you know if you want to make those choices uh, uh, to eat healthy you know but it's, it's like i said it's 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 discipline too um i think if 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 you're hit with a health issue or you see a close family member sometimes that will make you realize i think that's kind of what happened with me is just like oh, okay, like I said, if you don't if you don't make time for your wellness, you'll be forced to make time for that illness. Shoot, I know. Yeah, yeah. It's and I know, man. It's like seeing your friends to deal with that, like having to go through it, and just kind of just how it kind of just rages in our communities and everything. Yeah. And but I mean, it's hard, man. It's hard to because. Like we talked about earlier with equipment, like I know some people like, I don't know what you would call them, I guess, health, health people, mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. they have a certain mindset of like, like you were talking about, like, just go all in mm-hmm. and drop everything, <laughs> but you can't because your body's like, it'll be in shock yeah. and you could seriously like do oh, something yeah. to yourself where it's not good. Whereas to like me, like now I could, like I used, I used to do that all the time, like go head first. Cause I was young and my body could keep up with it. Oh yeah. Yeah. But now like, I think I tried that maybe three years ago and I was drinking soda and eating bad and all this crap. And I was like, man, I need to go on a diet. Cause I was probably like three fifty, And then I was like, hey, I need to start eating better. And so I, <laughs> I like stopped everything and I tried to eat like, real light the better better and light but my body was just so used to that junk that i got a headache oh yeah i got i just did not feel good Mm -hmm. but i mean they say like that's your that's the toxins like leaving your body and everything that's that's all that bad stuff that's i guess parasites even too they're they're needing that what you what you would you was eating like prior to what you're trying to do now Mm. and so like now that i'm older though it's like I go slow, mm-hmm. like, you know, like 
I like I love soda. I love Dr Pepper. I love Coke. I love Pepsi. I love it all. Yeah. <laughs> but my favorite's Big Red. But Big Red. but I know I have to like stop with not just cold turkey, but just from. I think the worst I ever got was back in April to that May. God, it was like three liters a day. Oh my gosh. Of soda. Wow. Not going to lie. That's what it was. Is that caffeinated soda? Yeah. Wow. It's real soda. When I was drinking three liters a day, just fucking drinking it. I mean, it's should have been drinking beer. Like, yeah. It's an addiction, right? It is. And so, I mean, I drink it every day and I'd get more every day day and it'd be gone and then fuck i just craved it all the time and i think that's where like because i knew i knew uh food was getting bad like mm. it just didn't taste the same so mm. i think i think my mind was just kind of like well soda's still it's the same it still tastes the same it's still good let's let's drink more of that so man yeah it was like three liters a day dr pepper or coke i'd switch it up every now and then but but yeah, that's and legend level, that, man. That's that's how I got wow. the three ninety. Yeah, and and, uh, it quick. <laughs> and it did, man. Like I did that for from, dang, probably from like February till May, because I just got addicted to soda like really bad. And I, I understand. I was too at one time. It was it was a hard thing to to, to get off of. I still like an occasional <laughs> diet soda every now and then. But, <laughs> I, but drinking like you were saying. Started getting heartburn, <laughs> you know. You be at night, you wake up, and it's all that the acid that you're getting yeah. that stuff. Which yeah, is, just destroys your gut. I started getting acid reflux, um, because I'd wake up and oh yeah, I'd be, it'd be burning right here, and it would just, it was just an unsettling feeling of like this horrible taste yeah. right here, and it would come up, <laughs> and I'd wake up, and I'd pop up, and I'd be like, what, what in the world is that? And I'd go in the bathroom, and I'd make myself throw up. Mm-hmm. And it was just like I looked it up, and it was like acid reflux, and I was like, "Dang!" Yeah. And I was like, "I better settle down." But knowing me, I just kept doing it. Right. And so, but that's when like there was no motivation to lose weight. Everybody always asked me, like, you know, like how did you do it? Like how how did you go from three ninety to three thirty? But I mean, to be honest, it was just. I like to think I was just kind of blessed with like things to do because if, moving, if yeah. I wasn't, if I didn't do any of the things that I did over the summer till about, till about now, I would probably be 600. I'd probably wow. be on that show. Wow, <laughs> man. Dude, like, no, like, seriously, like, I just, I didn't care. Like, I was just like, I'm not athletic no more. I do a podcast and I love it. And I just sit around and I and then, but luckily I got hooked up with doing some photography and that made me move around and it was hot and I hated eating and I just I just kind of was like man I'm going to be moving around a lot so I really think I should be drinking more water. Yeah. And so I I, re- I noticed that yeah I drink soda still but it wasn't 3 liters a day. <laughs> so it was more like I was drinking a lot of water because I wanted to live. I didn't want to be working and then fall to the ground oh, yeah. <laughs> you know and then just like i didn't want to be like that and so i just luckily you know things kind of shifted and i still drink some soda now but it's not as bad like i would be honest with you saying too it was if it wasn't three liters a day it was 
two 12 packs a day. Wow. Yeah. That is a lot of soda. That is. <laughs> and to think how much grams of sugar is in that. Oh, yeah. And caffeine. And caffeine. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's like I was telling you earlier, though, like, you're like, I worked in mental health for a little while in recovery with people in recovery because I myself lived with depression and anxiety since mm-hmm. my 20s. And so that was kind of my journey of figuring out that all those things are connected. You know, even your, your mental wellness is just as much connected to what you're putting in your body and eating as anything else. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the pieces to the puzzle as well to get my mental wellness better um, was to start changing my diet which gave me more energy, made me feel better about myself. Um, they're all interconnected. But, uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things where, like, I brought you these snacks here. It's like oh, yeah. I try to find things that are still good, that taste good, but are healthy. Like these, uh, they're a pumpkin bar that has uh, flaxseed, oatmeal, peanut butter, and uh, pumpkin, not pumpkin pie filling, but original pumpkin, like this pumpkin. It's full of vitamin A, which oh. is really good for you. Mm-hmm. And then there's, a, a, I believe it's a vanilla protein powder, but you can't taste it in it. Mm-hmm. But it gives you the protein that you need too. Mm-hmm. But they taste really good, man. So, yeah, I love those things. They'll be so, gone when so, you leave. So trying to find, yeah, trying to find <laughs> find things to supplement the things that, you know that do taste good. Uh, there's a lot of that on the internet now. You can, you can find recipes. Like I'm always on Instagram. Oh, sharing with my wife. Hey, look at this. Look at this. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but all those things are interconnected, man. I think, and that was my journey was, uh, was the whole, the mental health thing too. And then, you know, my wife, you know, honestly, it's like, I, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at right now. Honestly, the truth of it wasn't for my wife, you know, believing in me, stand beside me, um, to the good and the bad. And, and that journey we've taken together means the world to me. I wear a lot of, a lot of, credit for helping me stick to that yeah and being an encouragement even to this day she'll be like and we do that to each other hey i know you were you know went to the gym you know i know you like that but maybe you shouldn't have another piece of that you know hey you know what you're right Mm. you're right you know because i want her here she wants me here you know so i give a lot of credit to her too you know and plus her good cooking she makes some really good stuff (laughs) people people are starting to know me now when i go on a movie set like tanya like oh this coming is tanya making something so she'll always send me with treats usually if i go to people she'll make me these treats and then Either her homemade cupcakes, which probably aren't as healthy, but stuff like this, man, people love it. It's like, I love that. <laughs> I love that about her that she she does that for me, though. But I'm blessed. Yeah. No, man, I mean, that's always good, too, to have that support system. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it's cool to hold yourselves accountable as mm-hmm. well. And, I mean, same here. I mean, being Charm has been through hell a lot, and we've hit rock bottom and even... Even before I met her, man, it was like I was at rock bottom as well. I was homeless and everything and just trying to be a fighter, MMA <laughs> fighter, and living in my car and lying to people and saying, oh, I have a nice place I'm living at. But it really it was just like she I helped. didn't, didn't want to own up and say I'm living in my car. Right. <laughs> she, she helped you, though. She helped you get she helped you get right. But, we, yeah, we met, we met, and then we moved back here and – just really had no idea what to do i mean just i worked at a casino and and i don't know i just kind of had an idea of doing a pod and but i didn't know what it was and i would just joke around like yeah i should do it you know but it was cool because dang when was that seven 2017 it was one was it christmas or my birthday it was one of them but she bought me like a a mic oh nice like a uh it had it was like an older mic it was like an auxiliary cord mic mm-hmm. 
I had no idea how to use it. I was just like, so she's kind of the the inspiration to help push you into doing the well, podcast. But yeah, to, to realize to see that it was like that's awesome. Shit, maybe maybe I should do it. You yeah. know, because now I have this a piece this piece of equipment, but I didn't know what else I needed. It was just a mic and. I was like, do I use my phone or what? <laughs> you know, and so I don't know. Years went on, and then uh, by by right when COVID was hitting, that's when I thought, man, I, I'm uh, I should just do it, just yeah. buy the stuff, and properly educate myself on what I need and how to do it, and then see what happens. And so that's what I did. I did all that. I bought all the stuff, and it, but it sat around for eight months because I was afraid. Oh, finally yeah. yeah finally you know i did it though and but she's always been encouraging to what i want to do and just same like with tanya like just um right there that's you great, know a yeah. lot not not like yeah times are hard but we'll we'll get through it yeah. somehow you know and then it, you just know it's going to be okay and so it's like having that was like it didn't put a lot of pressure on me mm-hmm. or stress it was just like just do it and see what happens and right. see if you like it. And so I did and we're here now almost three years doing it. And then, I mean, it, it it's, it's opened a lot of other doors yeah, for me. I've seen, I've seen your, how you've evolved from when you first started. And yeah. That's incre- you've got sponsors and you, you know, get sponsors and stuff. Like that. That's incredible. Man. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. awesome. And then yeah. to meet people like, yeah. like yourself. Oh, I mean, absolutely. like, that's awesome. Man. Just have everybody over. And you know, when we all see each other in public, it's like, Oh, dope. Like, it's cool to meet you finally. So, so where, where are you at now with how many guests you've had since you've, do you know how many you've had on since you started? Roughly. Man, I know I took a break during the summertime because I just couldn't do it. But, man, I know I had episode 100, I think, a year. No, last September. Yeah, it, that was with Kara, Jade Myers. Mm-hmm. And then, let's see, it's like four months and... It's probably like one, almost one fifty, maybe. Wow. I have to look. That's fantastic, though, man. I haven't just, even just looked. To think about that where you were at and where you've come from, being afraid to even start to mm-hmm. now doing what you're doing, and now I've seen you even doing the uh, what is it the uh, the other podcast that you do? It's the um, Spirit Talkers. Sp- yeah, Spirit Talkers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's awesome, man. That's opened so many doors for you, man. I know, and that one's like, like this one. I I feel like this one's more of like your platform mm-hmm. right like i want people to know who you are and what you do and how long you've been doing it and maybe just to help that motivation of right. what maybe they need to and i'll chime in here and there but it, yeah it's a conversation between us but it's more geared towards right. you uh the actor the artist mm-hmm. the musician whoever is on this other side of the table and then spirit talkers is uh it's not it's it's kind of my realm. I'm I'm digging more into the paranormal type stuff and mm. folklore and everything, and it's opened my mind up a lot. I didn't know how it would be, but mm. I mean it, that one's grown a lot too. And so, just kind of like they're both. I don't know. Like Oki Podcast is my baby, mm-hmm. but Spirit Talkers is like a group thing, but it's also like my baby too. It's like, <laughs> but it's just kind of like. I like how they're not the same. Yeah. They're both totally different. <laughs> That's fantastic, though, man. It's funny. It's, it, to get back to what you were saying about the women in our life, I was, was it last week, a week before last, I was reading an article, it was in Newsweek or something, about uh, the most successful men. And there was somebody, I forget his name, but he was talking, and it was like the number one thing in there, have a woman, strong woman, 
behind you on your corner, you know. Mm-hmm. I truly believe that, you know, it helps. It helps uh, having that support, somebody that believes in you, and, you know, I'm blessed to have that with Tanya, honestly. Yeah. It's not like you're blessed with Charmin as well. Oh, yeah. But that's that's great, man, to see where you were at and, and now where you've come and still going. Yeah. You still, you know, the future's still bright for you, man. Shoot, you're I know. Hit that Joe Rogan thing. You're going you're gonna to get where he's at and then... I probably won't talk to you again. <laughs> <laughs> just, just delete you. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 man, no. But uh, I, I mean, that's, gr- I think it's great what you're doing. Well, I mean, like also too, like with Charmin, like that's because this does what it does, and then you know she does her job and everything. But I was like, like, what do you, what do you want to do? Like, is there something more? You wanted that's when she got into acting and everything. Yeah. So she does like a lot of theater, theater plays yeah, now. I've seen that. She's been busy. And it's been about a year now. Last month was a was it last month? Hmm. I think last month was a year. And so I mean, just going and going and going. That's and, great. And so it's like, you know, I don't know. It, it's just it's cool to watch each other grow, I guess. Yeah. Right? Like yeah, and, and, and your passions that you love. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, and I was going to ask you another thing, but we got sidetracked. <laughs> About, oh, yeah, you brought up the, what is it, uh, the Bride Adjacent. Is that Voorhees you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was an indie film, short film, when my friend Nathaniel Davis, he's a writer here in the Tulsa area. Mm-hmm. Uh, very talented guy. Uh, sweetest guy you could ever meet. Uh, great writer, totally in his element. He, he writes, he he's you know horror he loves horror but he wrote a film the bride of jason and uh it was a couple of years ago we started that and we filmed i think they got probably close to maybe half of it we still had a few scenes we had to film towards the ending i'm hoping we'll be able to finish it because it was a really neat little it his plan was originally was to have that done and put out on that friday the 13th when it was the the year it was like the anniversary year i think of that was a few years ago but we mm-hmm. missed the window and so that kind of bummed him out a little bit. But hopefully, yeah, The Bride of Jason, hopefully that will come to fruition. <laughs> Dang. I'd like to see it, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. The Bride of Jason. Yeah, he kept saying that, and I was like, is that Voorhees? I don't know if that's yeah, Voorhees. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, Jason, yeah, Bride of uh, it, it, There's a lot of uh, actors here, local actors uh, um, from the area that are, that are in that, um, stand-up comedians, um, Missy, she's, I forget her last name. She's a stand-up comedian. And Brittany, uh, she's a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. My mind's going blank with her last names. I see their Facebook profile, but it's like, I see their face and it's like, my mind goes blank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that, uh, that, that will be, we'll be able to finish that. I know he's, he's riding on a wave right now because he wrote a, a feature length. Uh, actually, he, when he, he would write these scripts and somebody's like, Hey, I had, had you in mind for an idea for this film, uh, if you're interested in it. So he'll send me the script. And then this character that was, that he wrote for me and Bride of Jason has kind of been moved over into this other uh, screenplay he wrote. It's called, um, the, the autumn society. It's a, it's a feature like tripped out horror, like mind twist without going too in depth about it, but mm-hmm. it, he's winning awards for it now for the screenplay. He's won some big awards for it. So I know he's riding on a wave with that right now. So I'm hoping he can get 
uh, you know, somebody that will pick that up and want to make it because it's a great story, man. The guy's a great writer. You know, I'm a big fan of him. You know? mm-hmm. But yeah, so hopefully, hopefully that'll come come to life. <laughs> would that make the independent circuit, and then or would you, got, you, you know he's he's got a couple. Of, he's got a film right now that he wrote. It's called The Wretched. You can watch it on Amazon. Mm. Um, he's got. I mean, he's wrote a lot of stuff. You know, actually, I need to probably talk to him because I know he's got The Wretched, which is actually was made to film and is on Amazon. But that, I think, what he's wanting to do is try to get hold out and get, you know, a producer or somebody behind it to make it into a feature and maybe get it on a streaming service, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that quality, I think. That story, I, when I read it, I was like, man, this is this is like one of your your opus. It's a great story. Like, it's, a, it's original. Um, the character development, the characters in it, are really three-dimensional, you know, in depth. Um, I think a lot of people would like it. Obviously, they're seeing it in the in the independent right now in the film festival for the screenplays that he's winning awards for. I think that was the, what was the last one he won? Uh, uh, Day of the Dead Film Festival. It's up north. He won Best Screenplay for it. Hmm. But that's going to be a great film if you hear that, The Autumn Society. Keep your eye out for that because that's going to be really cool. Dang. Yeah. I'm about to check it out. <laughs> Yeah, Nathaniel <laughs> Davis. You know, him, he's usually on a. You'll see him on Facebook. Uh, he's been doing a lot of table reads with people. He'll, he he goes through so many revisions on his script. You know, it's constantly evolving, and he gets other people's input. To, uh, you know, change things and you know, invite you know, make it come to what it's going to come to when it's filmed. But you know, most scripts are like that. Like they're never really complete. You know, you hear major directors like Spielberg. I know he's one of them. It's like the script is never really complete and done because it can even change at the time you're filming it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a hard thing sometimes with actors too, is like, especially inexperienced actors, is like you'll learn lines for a film, but depending on how you learn your lines, you have to know the context of what's going on in the scene. You have to understand and listen what's going on. Because usually what will get inexperienced actors will go on a set with somebody that might like to change things on the fly and you have to be able to bend to it mm-hmm. and so if you're one of those actors you know stage people kind of can get away with that i know in stage like when i was younger i would do that like you would learn your lines but you would learn the lines of the person in front of you and wait for that last word to hit and okay now it's my line mm-hmm. but that's the improper way to approach acting because acting is really about listening it's about listening and knowing the context of what's going on in the scene so like when i study for a film you know, if I'm, if I got a role in it or whatever, depending on how developed the character is, I'll look at the context. And if I go into that, to film that film and I can't say that in my own words, not how it's written, but in my own words, then I don't understand the context of it because you got to be able to flex in that moment, mm-hmm. you know, cause sometimes other actors will improvise. They might not go line for line. If you're working with a director or a writer that is open to, you know, changing dialogue in a script, mm-hmm. it might not be word for word. So if you're one of those, if you're inexperienced and you don't, and you're just learning your lines and you're waiting for that last line to hit from the actor, okay, now it's my line. You're not listening. You're waiting for your turn to speak. There's a difference because acting is really about reacting, right? Mm-hmm. So that that's the whole thing that will get a lot of, excuse me, um, people that don't really have a lot of experience. So I like to know going into that scene, if I don't, if I don't know the context of it and can say it in my own words, then I'm probably not going to be, you know, real... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have some anxiety about it because I, I don't understand what's going on. I'm not listening. Yeah. But that just takes time. You know, you just got to practice it, you know. Um, I heard a, I was reading something or it was, it was about Anthony Hopkins and he had gotten a role in a movie and they were going to the table read and he was sitting down with some younger actors and actresses 
and <clears throat> they were all frazzled. You know, there's a lot of dialogue in it. I forget what film it was offhand, but one of the actresses, oh my gosh, I've read the script, went through it a hundred times. She goes, I've just been through it a hundred times, you know, hundreds of times. And they said, Anthony Hopkins sat back and goes, I don't see how you can do that. They're like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, we go through a hundred times. I kind of looked at him. He's like, I don't see how you don't go through it thousands of times. And that's how he approaches it. Like, you know, really good actors, I think that's what separates them is the time they put into the craft, the time dissecting the dialogue, the context of what's going on, looking for the subcontext in whatever you're doing. Because that's where actors get paid. They don't get paid for saying the words on the page. They get paid for the things in between. That's mm-hmm. where they make their money at. You know, that's where every actor brings their individuality to a role. You know, when you give two given actors the same role, experienced actors, they're going to do it differently because they're doing the things in between the lines. It's not necessarily about the lines. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we're getting off on that, but anyways. Yeah. Um, how do we get, even get off on that? Well, it makes, <clears throat> it makes me wonder about a. Uh, Silence of the Lambs and how he approached that. Uh, yeah, I've read some stuff about that. Oh, really? A lot of that was his idea. Really? Uh, are you talking about like the opening scene where he's standing in his cell? Uh, just the whole that was his, him in that movie. Yeah, like, that, that was, I guess, the way that, that's, I, I'll give you some interesting info about that. Uh-huh. I was reading something on that opening scene. I don't know where Clarice comes in and he's standing in the cell. That original script wasn't written like that. It was written differently. He had an idea to just stand there in the open cell mm-hmm. and just have that look. Like, he he wanted to give that intimidation to that character, even though he's behind bars, that was going to, as a viewer, what we're seeing is going to freak you the hell out. Mm-hmm. And he did that. He accomplished that. But that was his idea as an actor. It wasn't necessarily what was written in the script. He took that and said, hey, let's try it like this. You know, you can actually research that. He talks about that a lot. Whoa. But he did that with that whole film. You know, he yeah. carried that whole film doing that. But man that's the thing but with great actors if you watch really great actors you'll you'll begin to realize that you know they all have their method of getting to where they need to get to help tell the 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 story but a lot of them sometimes will do it differently you know it's all about the choice the average actor is different Mm -hmm. probably the same thing Charm talks about doing stage like you know she has you have certain amount of choices you you know the context you, you can play within that scene but then it comes down to the director and whoever's writing. Are you going to stick to it word for word? Mm-hmm. Or are they loose with going? You know, because sometimes as people, especially on independent films, uh, you, you do, sometimes you deal with people that don't have a lot of experience. So sometimes not giving them too much information is almost better because you get more of a natural reaction out of them. You know, mm-hmm. like I've worked on an independent film like that, Bride of Jason. I had a guy, you know, I worked with. I know he was, he was a little bit in his head having anxiety. And the character that he was playing was having to react like he was frustrated to us, you know. So what I did in real life to get him there, because he was just thinking about the scene and making sure he remembered his lines. And so he was in the wrong place, you know, kind of. Um, I, I, in between takes, I, w- I would start to irritate him, you know. I'd be saying stuff, and he was starting to get irritated with me. And I think he kind of, in a way, like I literally, Sean, I love you, man, but I'm going to bring this up. Like when we were filming that film, I literally sent him a bag. <laughs> I sent him a bag of candy that were that were penis candy off mm-hmm. of Amazon as a joke and sent it to him. He was like, "Yeah, I got this candy." I was like, "Well, what do you think about it? Did you eat that bag of you know bag of dicks?" <laughs> He's like, "I think he was sitting there wondering why I sent that to him." Uh-huh. But I was trying to get under his skin on the outside. So when we went to go film that scene, he was literally frustrated with me, and you could start to see that come out. 
I didn't let him know that at the time. Mm-hmm. But when we were starting to film that scene, I could start to see he was starting to get agitated with me because I was pushing him. But that's where I wanted to see him go with it. Mm-hmm. Probably not the greatest way to do that all the time as, as an act, you know, as an actor, because you can piss a lot of people off. And it's not about making it about yourself. I just wanted to help bring that scene up to a level. And we were friends. We were buddies, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like we talk like buddies, even between takes. So it's like I needed to get him in a mind frame to not look at me. You know, see me as a buddy, but be frustrated with me. But yeah. people see that. You know, that's always fun to do, you know, to try to help. I like it when people do that with me, you know, uh, it pushes you and, and helps you see things differently. And, you know, it's like you said, we come back to experience, you know, it's like you, you, nothing, the more experience you get, the more you're going to learn, you're going to know what works for you and doesn't work for you. And yeah. So it's a fun thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pissing people off. <laughs> I wouldn't really say that. Oh, I guess you could call that like method acting. Whether well, I wrote that actually. Method acting is not really called method. It's called the system. It was was called the system when it was originally invented, but it turned into the the name method acting. But it's kind of getting in that mind frame where you are the character all the time. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I don't see how some people do that. I mean, I've never really been involved with anything where I felt like I needed to do that, unless it's something specific. Like I know, like on Lone Wolf Hill, I, I wanted to know. I was portraying a character that lived in those times. So like I did go a few months with just wearing moccasins. Like I'd even work out in the gym with my moccasins on, you mm-hmm. know, just to kind of have that there. So when I got on set and I've got moccasins on or walking through the morning dew and it's wet, I'm not going, Oh man, my feet feel terrible. You know, I was used to it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I wasn't thinking about that. All those little things can help take your mind out of that. And whatever works for you, you know, everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool, man. <laughs> and then that was like, so Lone Wolf Hill was what brought you back, yeah, or brought you in fully, I guess. Yeah, it, yeah, it kind of brought me because you know the whole boom with the movies going on. Yeah, it, it, I thought it was going to be Killers of the Flower Moon mm-hmm. uh, and getting on set with that, but it didn't end up working out for me. It was probably mm-hmm. one of the only natives here in Oklahoma that <laughs> didn't really get the chance to work <laughs> on that set, which I was kind of bummed about. But it worked out for me in the long run because I did get a lead role as doing the craft of art would have is getting me farther than just being working background, which I would have been doing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's kind of what re-kicked everything for me. Um, and kind of, you know, like you said, it's people you meet, it opens up other doors because mm-hmm. it's a, this, this industry is about relationships, the people that you meet. And the more people you get to know, if they, if, you create a camaraderie with them and they know they can trust you. They know, Oh, I know how this person works. They show up and they're prepared. Uh, they take it serious. You know, they're not late. They're paying attention. You know, all those things matter. That starts to then create that, you know, who people know you as who you are and they'll either, they'll want to work with you, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's important. You know, sometimes that's, it's good. And sometimes it's, you know, I've had, I've also had to, uh, uh, been in places where, it's really important to me as far as native representation. Uh, I had an opportunity and then I don't really want to bring up the name of the film, but I had to make a choice with my own convictions and what I wanted to see going forward with a film. Um, at the time I was kind of the only native voice and I think there was some directions being taken that I didn't feel, uh, as a native was the right move for it. So when I expressed those things, they weren't really met with, understanding it, it becomes something else so i had to walk away from it mm-hmm. you know but at the same time i never hurt myself i had an injury to my arm i wouldn't have been able to do it anyways um, somebody else i knew 
end up getting the part, which, you know, maybe it was meant for them. Mm-hmm. Wasn't meant for me, you know, because I think that's the thing with age is, is you begin to realize you know what you're willing to do and you will do and won't do because especially now with natives, you know, that's kind of a hot topic right now with the whole Buffy St. Marie and mm. you're seeing people, it's something to claim onto now, you know. It's cool now. Yeah, it's cool. And it's, yeah. it's, it's in a way we're getting exploited to in, in a way, but then again, it's opening up another door for people that can exploit us even more by, you know, claiming to be something they're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> or are people that, you know, I'm, we're identifiable as natives. People look at me, they see a native guy, you know, you've got people that, you know, it is a kind of a privilege that they may be native, but they're not identifiable as native. You know, like the, for what I mean by that is like, there, there are people that can get maybe other roles for them that wouldn't necessarily be strictly native because they have a privilege of not necessarily looking immediately identical as native, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I had to step away, you know. So so uh, that's the hard part, too, right now is, is, is your convictions and keeping that, you know, because I, honestly I needed the money. I needed the job, you know, but I just wouldn't have felt right the end of the day when a film or anything comes out that's your name on it you know you want to be proud of it and then uh you know it's all about the relationships with people that you meet in the process you'll 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 figure out that you'll learn what you want to do and what you don't want to do you know mm-hmm. that was one of those situations so like i learned from it so i learned going forward like okay if that ever happens again how am i going to handle that how am i going to approach that before i get past a certain threshold before i'm already involved in it like how will i handle that it needs to be talking about, you know, it has to be addressed beforehand, mm-hmm. but I've learned that, you know, so it's, it's a ever evolving learning experience too, you know, most so, definitely, yeah. you know, I, I love how it's evolved into embracing, you know, who you are mm-hmm. and your culture and your language and like with you, what you and Tanya are doing, I just want to say thank you for involving me with that video. I'm oh, sure it'll be yeah. out when this comes out, but or before this comes mm-hmm. out. But you know, you're embracing that that culture of uh, our her- uh, heritage month, right, right, right. right? And and but uh, that's that's the thing that you pointed at. That, but to me, it should be more than just a month. We sure. did a month. Well, yeah. You know, and I understand why they do it, but but you got to understand where that comes from as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we know. Yeah. But but yeah, to your point, yeah, that that's kind of what we want to do with that is just uh, you know, we're all types of people. We're still here, you mm-hmm. know. We're here. And I've been know? dying to introduce myself in my language. Yeah, that by the <laughs> way, that was that was awesome. You did that, that perfect, man. That's that's great. No, I've been trying to find a time because um I sometimes I forget, but when you asked me that, I was like, and somebody asked, like, is it cool to do it in our language? And you're like, oh, yeah, 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 sure. And so I was like, oh, heck yes. Hell yeah. So, yeah, because I work with our language program, too. And That's so great. About three years now. It's been three years oh, this fall. Man. And, yeah, I was. it was kind of a shock to me because we're, we're English speakers first. Right. You got to forget English. And But I always wanted to go back and learn our language if if i could if mm-hmm. i had the opportunity or if it was somehow given to the community and so hope you know thankfully taylor and zach they've been hard working for over 10 years and yeah. uh they contracted me and iliana and we've been just going online like teaching language and everything and that's fantastic and so it's take i mean it's taken a while to kind of 
get past the whole English of like this dumb language that is so stupid. Like you're just getting over it and how we used to speak, mm-hmm. you know, because I mean, like it's going to take a long time for, to become fluent right? because there's so many different words. Mm-hmm. And fr- I mean, there's so many different things that they're finding out. And just when we we're growing up, we didn't have this many words or anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure we did, but I don't think that it was like properly said. And so, but now it's like all this information is being given to them and they're trying to figure out how to get it out there. And we're, we're trying to figure out how to do more rather than just like the online class. There is an in-person class now, but like, how could we, how could we bring in like more media? I guess yeah, that, that's great, man. Cause like you think about the language, our, our languages, you know, you're Pawnee. Is yeah. That right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like our languages, if, if we don't, and I'm guilty of it. Like my grand, my grandpa and grandmother spoke fluent Cherokee. Mm-hmm. I grew up hearing him speak it. It was, really wasn't necessarily passed down to me from my dad. He, he understood some words, but it's like, I think in our times we were just busy, yeah. busy living life, you know? So, yeah. but, um, if we don't have that language and we don't pass it down, then, then we're just an echo of who we are. We're, you know what I'm saying? So it's like language is so important to keeping our culture and our identity as people, you know, and it starts with language. I guess that's something else since you brought up, I was going to say about the video. Oh that yeah. You did that in, I'm, I can say on this is that my plan is if, if I'll, everybody that sends in a video, I'm going to try to reach out to them individually because if to come back, go back, pivot back a little bit while we're talking about, about the, the wellness and stuff. <coughs> My idea is to do a documentary, and if we do a documentary on that, I would like to include those into that, you know, just those segments of people saying we're here, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll probably be reaching out to everybody, you know. I I, want to get there. I mean, it's not a definite yet, but that's a plan with it. So we're going to release that for people for this month, but I would like to add that in it too because it's beautiful. It is beautiful to hear people speak their native language. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, I've got got several people that sit in it was just pretty cool yeah um there was a poem like a little poem piece that we were gonna put with it and then oh, really? just trying to figure out how i'm gonna edit it all together and stuff but mm. yeah i just we just had this idea like you know it'd be really a special thing to do you know um so yeah it's like kind of what we want to want to do with it maybe also include it in the documentary which would be cool yeah that'd be awesome i can't wait to watch it both yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so we'll probably cut it right here and if you have anything that you could say maybe might be coming out if not that's fine but let everybody know where to follow you keep up with you and and then oh and more and whatever more information about a dead clan oh yeah uh well i think the only thing right now like i said i've got it's uh it was brought in on that piece we're gonna be filming i film a day this month and a few days next month uh hopefully something more come without about that I'm, I'm sure you'll be seeing stuff on social media if mm-hmm. it does um, and then trying to get this short film that we're going to do under dead clan in the spring uh, with nathaniel the guy so there's a writer for bride of jason also wrote this short film i'm going to do mm-hmm. uh, it's called a killing a fox hollow is the name of it and uh, and i'm my plan is to direct and act in this one as well so i it, it would so it will go into the indigenous category in their film festivals kind of my directing debut too because i like the story <laughs> mm-hmm. don't want to give too much away about it but i'm hoping that's coming down the pipeline and then uh yeah if you want to follow me uh on social media 
it's Jason Sunday or my website, uh, jasonsunday.com. And you can usually check out the news feed and stuff. I'll ch- I try to keep that updated the best I can, but I'm not really great with social media. Like if you look at my social media profiles, like I don't really have a lot of followers. I don't chase followers. Like I'm, it's pretty pathetic actually, if you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like one of those things people would be like, man, you don't really have, I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't really, I don't really chase like i'll get on i'll see posts every now and then i'm sometimes i'm guilty of, i try to share people's stuff uh-huh. but sometimes i just get so busy like the, the algorithms on facebook are weird like yeah. you'll see all of a sudden posts that people made from like weeks ago like yeah. why am i just not seeing this it doesn't yeah. make any sense i feel bad for not sharing it so, yeah. don't, so don't get mad at me if i don't share your stuff because i might not honestly just don't see it sometimes mm-hmm. because of that i think that happens to me too like i'll see people like something i posted like weeks ago or something so mm-hmm. but yeah you can follow me on uh, com. And then uh, Dead Clam Films, yeah, hopefully we'll be getting this productions company certified and registered to start doing, starting with some short films and then see where we can go. You know, it's, it's one of those things I want to reach out to people in the native community, like yourself, you're a media creator, you know, you know a lot about this stuff. I'll probably be hitting on you and say, hey, Russ, what are you doing? Come help yeah. us out, man. Let's do something. But, but I know, like me, I, I want to, this first film, like we're trying to raise funds too. So like the t-shirts I've been selling, that's going to go to the production to help pay people, you know, if, if I got people coming over for gas money and stuff like that. So that's, that's not going in my pocket. It's actually going to be going to people to help. We're going to have to rent a cabin, a home base and stuff, you know, so the stuff to help the production. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure I can at least give people gas money and stuff like that. You know, like, even though it's an indie film, it, it always, it's a good gesture. It helps out. You know, if I can pay them more, I will, mm-hmm. you know, I always believe in getting paid for your work, but, um, yeah. So that's, that's what I got on the, on the line right now, man. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Let me know. I'm down to absolutely down to work. I'm always down to work. And yes, Facebook is weird. And that happens to me all the time. I'll see something from five days ago or something. And it's like, why did it's, it's, why didn't it Facebook show me this? Like one of my face or my Instagram profiles that I had several years ago got hacked. And then ever since it's like, it's been weird. Like I don't know. You, you get weird ads and weird inbox messages. And you got to be careful what you open. And yeah. it's like, it's, it, there's scams everywhere you turn on there, you know, and all of a sudden you're getting these, I'm just afraid one of these days you're going to get hijacked on Facebook and all these random posts start posting, you know, like that's why I really don't get too involved with it. Cause I'm just afraid I'm going to click the wrong thing. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're seeing terrible things on my website. It's, it's not me. If that happens. By the way. Yeah. But uh, everybody go follow Jason. Keep up with Jason. Check out the website. Go buy a shirt. Support Dead Clan Films. And be on the lookout for Dead uh, Dead Clan Films uh, in the springtime. Yeah. Thanks for having me, yeah. bro. Oh, yeah, man. Thank you for coming on. I enjoyed our time together. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you for the pumpkin treats. Man, I'll have something to eat after I work out. I might snag one of them. Because I, <laughs> I get a little jittery after I work out. <laughs> Awesome, <laughs> but uh, everybody go follow and keep up with him and follow Okie Podcast uh, on Instagram at Okie Podcast at Russellmus49 is my personal. You can add me on Facebook at Russell Sun Eagle. Uh, Okie Podcast is on Facebook as well. And follow Spirit Talkers on Instagram, it's just Spirit Talkers Podcast. We're on Facebook as well and available on Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening to podcasts on YouTube, TikTok. Go follow us. And I think that's it. Oh, go check out Native Co. Gallery uh, up in Ada. If you're in the Ada area, check out Southwest Trading Company if you're here in Tulsa. And, yeah, I guess until next time, everybody. Peace.